homeschool friends and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com and brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm one of your hosts, Sabrina, and I'm here with Vicki and, and Kim. And we are excited to talk, as always, about all things Homeschool High School. Indeed. Yipper. So, yeah, I got, to, uh, I got to hang out with a bunch of other homeschool high school parents last night at a local event that our homeschool support group, support network, I guess is what they call it, mm-hmm. had. But um, it was lots of fun. We did a panel discussion. We had seven of us who are veterans to some degree or other. Some of us were old veterans <laughs> and some were still in the trenches with high schoolers. I um, think they referred to you as historic or oh, something. pioneer was the word that was <laughs> thrown around. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, so I used my walker as I got up onto the stage and took my seat. Yeah, it was very cute because our current... Um, network president when she was introducing the panel she started with me and she says I remember coming to my first mom's meeting years ago when Sabrina was president and (laughs) and my kids at the time I think were three and five and I said stop right there because I had her kids last year in my high school drama camp in the summer so that means they're not three and five anymore so I shouldn't mention when I came to that meeting and Vicky was one of the, <laughs> Vicky was an officer with Marilyn, <laughs> but my kids were older than three and five, I'm sure. I'm but sure. not much. <laughs> <laughs> and we are all grateful for the uh, continuing cycle of mentoring. Yes, and uh, That's right. And that was what was so lovely yes. is we had people across the stage, none of whom were from Seven Sisters except for me, but they were my seventh sisters all across the stage. And they are women that I have had varying degrees of relationship with over 20, 25 years in our local community. So there's a there's a plug to do do what you can to build yeah. sisters in your own local quarter of the homeschool world because we need each other. Oh, big time. Because even though all of those ladies had a different like angle mm. on their homeschooling because mm-hmm. there's not one right way to homeschool. There, is, there isn't. It's good to know other kinds of people. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was that was so much of the vibe at the at the panel discussion was um, we would be asked a certain question, what did you do with such and such a scenario or problem or whatever, and then we would go down and each person would would answer, and what kept coming through that was adorable is almost all of us had multiple kids. There was only one mom there who had only homeschooled one in high school, and we would say, well. For this kid, I did this, but then with this kid, we did that, because each one of them is their own person, and even within our family, we didn't do it the same. And it was just this lovely, constant reminder that God made each kid with a unique personality and set of gifts and strengths and abilities and passions and struggles and challenges and obstacles, and homeschooling is all about celebrating that, that opportunity to individualize their educational experience. So we had lots, nobody was actually using our little catchphrase. There's not one, one right, right way, <laughs> but it was being communicated over and over all night. Yeah, that's and, uh, If we can give one gift to those of you who are starting out homeschooling high school, it's to tell you there's not, not one, one right, right way. way to do this. So you pray, right? Indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that came all up a lot the last time. night too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So today we're talking about prayer, among other things, because we're talking about why teens need great Christian writers as a part of their high school literature experience. 
Indeed. So um, mm -hmm. do we all agree that teens need great Christian writers? Absolutely. You know what? They don't need great Christian writers in order to graduate. They need great Christian oh. writers in order to fulfill who God made them to be. Ooh. Say that again, Vicki. <laughs> There's our profound nugget in the very early part of this podcast. <laughs> they don't need great Christian writers to graduate, but... They need great Christian writers in order to fulfill who God made them to be. Wow. Good stuff. So let's talk about why. First of all, let's define this. What do we mean by great Christian writers? Guess we, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm still trying to get 100% healthy and I'm just going to cough a bit. Mm. Um, we've got three words in there. We've got great. That's great. Whatever that means. We've mm -hmm. got Christian, whatever mm -hmm. that means. And we've got writers, whatever, whatever that, that means. means. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's define. What do we mean by great Christian writers, sisters? Well, they're better than good. Okay. <laughs> they love Jesus. Okay. And they know how to write. Okay. You know what? That they tell stories. That crystallized it beautifully because okay. <laughs> wow. great Kim is... Does it <clears throat> great is better than good. And let's just, let's just be honest. There are things that are published because they are written by people who love Jesus. But they're actually not all that great. They're okay. And just like you can buy lots of novels that are okay, but they're not great. There are also books by Christians and about Christian topics, and they're not actually great. So it's not wrong to read those, but it is nice to give kids a little bit of greatness. Mm-hmm. So there's not one right way to define greatness <laughs> being the issue. This is true. There you go. And it's okay to pray for and exercise discernment mm. in evaluating. Something doesn't necessarily have to get your stamp of approval as a homeschooler, as this was something, a, a work by a great Christian writer. If you didn't really think it was that great, if it was just kind of, eh, whatevs. Mm. And that doesn't make you a heretic, and it doesn't mean that Jesus loves you less because <laughs> you didn't think this book was awesome. So... And, and it's going to vary, again, yes. just like things vary between us and between our kids. I might read something and I might, like, just, it just might have, like, changed my world or the way I look at my world or help deepen my relationship with, with my Lord and Savior. But Sabrina might read the same thing or Vicky might read the same thing and go, oh, that was interesting or, oh, that was mm -hmm. nice, but it may not. So it's all, it's all relative. Yeah. 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 Um, so Christian. I mean, we know what that means. It's a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a, someone who has been saved by him, and, and um, he is Lord. There are a lot of different flavors of expression for that. There mm -hmm. are various denominations. There are various doctrinal positions. There are various periods of history. There are various parts of the world, mm. all of which affect what kind of writing is going to come from a Christian writer. And... Um, I think it would be wise for us to take a couple minutes and sort of explore that because that is part of what makes a course like this so valuable for a teen is to expose them to things beyond their immediate experience with Jesus in a group of believers. Um, they will know what they were raised with and they will have experienced what they've experienced, but there's a whole lot more to the body of Christ worldwide and over the centuries than just what they've experienced right in their home fellowship church experience. And um, you can have some very, very interesting and powerful conversations with your teens when they begin to encounter something that was written by, say, Watchman Nee, mm -hmm. who was Chinese. 
and didn't live in the last 10 years, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. so he, he was a Christian, but he wasn't from Western mm. culture. So his writing style and the way he explained things was different than our Western angle. And to give our kids a chance to read someone like that uh, is that's a good, that's a great experience for them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it broadens their critical thinking and their perspective and also may give them other ideas to go back and explore in scripture, which we want our kids to be able to do is to go back to the source and say, well, how does this match up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, stirring that curiosity yeah. um, to want to know more about what does God say about this and what did Jesus actually do about this during his earthly ministry and what... What are all those signposts pointing toward from all these different people's perspectives? Mm. And the, the I never thought about that's or I thought about that, but I thought this and this guy's saying that. So how does that, mm-hmm. can both of those be true or do I need to kind of play around with that and make sense of that? Sounds like there's a place for critical thinking skills, even when it comes to uh, reading things within our faith. Mm-hmm. So some of our kids developmentally when they're young teens, won't be able to do a lot of climbing into somebody else's shoes because that's a metacognitive process. So Explain metacognition, if you would be so kind. Because, <laughs> first of all, it's just fun to say, and I wanted a chance to say <laughs> metacognition. But also because that might be a term that people are going, wait, what? Hmm? Remember my son Ezra inventing metacognition man when he was... <laughs> The coolest superhero ever. (laughs) So it's the ability to think about what you're thinking, and it gives you the ability to perspective take, that look at things from different angles much better than a younger person can. But metacognition doesn't happen until brain maturation hits a certain place, and that's usually somewhere during adolescence, although I don't think some adults ever... (laughs) That was my next question, is do we necessarily get there? (laughs) Some of of us are better at it than others. Yeah. 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 So to give give kids kind of an ease in sometimes to Mm -hmm. some of the more uh, out of the box Mm. from their normal thinking um, might be necessary. And some kids hit metacognition when they're 12, you Mm -hmm. know, so... They are ready to roll. Mm. But it is good for them to to see what other people are thinking. Mm. So when we look at great Christian writers from other time periods, we get a very different kind of perspective on things, too. Some of the titles that I have enjoyed uh, reading and discussing with teens are things like Brother Lawrence's The Practice of the Presence of Mm. God, which takes us back to a French monastery in the 1500s? Somewhere. Something like 14, 15, 16. Yes. A long time ago. A long time before I was even homeschooling. I'm Googling it. Even you, Sabrina. Even <laughs> even me. And I'm even older than you. So, But, but wow, what, yeah. what a life experience that is so radically different from what our teens are living now. And so you read about this man who is, who is washing ditch, dishes in the monastery kitchen and who has committed his life to, to this order and who um, travels by foot into town to, to, to pick up the wine orders for, for the monastery and this sort of thing. Right. And, and all of his discussion about praying and about becoming aware of God's presence in his daily life is all framed in this very 
different setting. In the 1600s. 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 Yay, Born in 1614, died on my birthday in 1691. There you go. Alrighty. So, what young people learn there is that prayer is a lifestyle, not an event. Mm-hmm. And it can be an event, but like Brother Lawrence modeled through that little short book, that every opportunity in life is an opportunity for prayer. And, you know, I can remember, this is so, such a bizarre thing, but, you know, that we're all, we all know we're supposed to pray continually or pray without ceasing. Um, but that book really concretized, is that a word? It is now. It is now. There we go. Um, that just really showed me and some of my kids, like, just really, like, what can that look like? You know, not just this, oh, I'm supposed to pray all the time, but, like, what does that really look like? And I can remember when Sabrina's daughter was getting married to Marilyn's son um we had we made a lot of cookies oh yeah for the reception that was sort of the guest's takeaway and it was also the hors d'oeuvres but it wasn't (laughs) supposed to be I Um, believe it was also breakfast several days yeah (laughs) (laughs) and none of us complained um but so my my daughters and I volunteered to make a bunch of the cookies and so we made a lot of cookies and I can just remember while I was standing in the kitchen when my kids weren't with me and we weren't chatting about other things, I was standing in the kitchen making cookies, and I remember just praying for Becca and Casey as I just made the cookies. I just used that as an... And I thought of Brother Lawrence yeah. washing his dishes, and, and so, it, you know, it just kind of, like, went right yeah. from his life into my life. It was really cool. That's so cool. Yeah, so that's yeah. a great Christian writer for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, yeah, like great Christian writers from old times, like like um, Pilgrim's Progress mm. is Good. so important because our kids aren't going to read that kind of language mm-hmm. in our modern era. And even people who are secular will read that as great literature because yes. it is great literature yes. by, you know, a college literature course standard Mm -hmm. but also it's great in discussion material you know like what was life like for the christians in that era and what on earth was he talking about in all of his allegories Mm -hmm. and how do you apply that to you know real person's life today Mm -hmm. good stuff and by the way just so no one is confused pilgrim's progress is by john bunyan and it is not as I accidentally said once when I was about 12 years old by Paul, Paul Bunyan. Bunyan. <laughs> and I can remember just being mortified. I said that someplace and I every, can, every time I, can I say still that. remember the, the feeling of the flush coming up my neck and yeah. into my cheeks and just that mortification. No, Paul Bunyan is someone entirely different. <laughs> yeah, every, every time I have to stop and go like, now which one had the big blue ox? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my Okay, so going back in time is good. Going contemporary is also good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of different kinds of, different genres of books um, available on, on the contemporary front. We've got people who share their life stories, autobiography mm-hmm. or biography. And we've got devotional materials and we've got real works of theology that can actually be accessible to teens. Yeah. Um, and can be very eye-opening for teens. So let's talk a little bit about people's stories, about biographies mm-hmm. and auto. What are some ones that you have um, 
seeing your kids really benefit from. So they can be great, not as it's great literature, like you teach in a college class because of a literature standard, but great because of the role modeling. Great, mm. A great story, yeah. a great inspiration. Yeah. And one of my, all of my kids' favorite role model book was um, uh, Brother Andrew's book, God Smuggler. Oh, yeah. The, the life of an adventurer for God. He smuggled Bibles into the Iron Curtain countries mm. during uh, the the cold war and uh, such a story oh yeah mm. reading about him like getting Amazing. through checkpoints and yeah. just is it was like so cool yeah lord you who open the eyes of the blind <clears throat> make pray them, that you make seeing eyes blind, blind. Yes. yeah and that there was a bible right on the front seat of the car and the guard never saw it it's yeah. it's just a a great wow. story oh yes. i just get goosebumps yes. even thinking about it talking yeah. about it now yeah, yeah. yeah. good it's stuff an adventure yeah. story you know really yeah, yeah. the hiding place Every oh, absolutely. Oh, Nobody should read. graduate must high school read. without reading mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. true. If, if you want to be challenged in the area of forgiveness, mm-hmm. or if you don't want to be challenged in the area mm-hmm. of forgiveness and you need to be, <laughs> you should read The Hiding Place. Yeah. Oh, Profound. just found. Powerful, powerful Another story. Another good one is Chuck Colson, uh, Born Again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because of the the role modeling of blowing it and yes. redemption. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, that's something our culture needs very badly is a lot of redemption. Oh. So, yeah. um, you know, for our kids to think that way, that even in a very dark place in the world, God could step right in there and do and some... something so mm-hmm. beautiful yeah. that points yeah. to, to him and brings some glory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we are mentioning a bunch of titles that are uh, many of them, not all of them that we're going to talk about today, but many of them are a part of our Great Christian Writers series of literature study guides at sevensistershomeschool.com in the ebook store. And if you're looking for um, academic help for reading these books and discussing them with your teens, our study guides are committed to no overkill, no busy work, and we really want to stir good conversation. Mm-hmm. We want to help teens think about what they're thinking right? Mm-hmm. and um, to examine what the world around them assumes and what mm-hmm. they may be accidentally assuming without even ever having thought about it mm-hmm. and then be challenged to, to look a little more closely and to discern. And we talk about in our local classes and, and co-ops that we've taught over the years, we talk about reading with your mind and your spirit turned Come on. on. Mm-hmm. And you can read something that perhaps is coming from a different doctrinal or theological position than what you will eventually decide you stand on. But it's still really good to think about these things. And when you pay attention to what you're reading with your mind, and when you seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit in what you're reading as far as discernment of truth goes, then you can really grow as a person when you're reading with your mind and your spirit turned on. Mm-hmm. So check that out if you were looking for some resources for curriculum for literature that is centered on great Christian writers. All right, how about devotional type books, old and new? What, what purpose do they serve? What are some titles that you think are good to consider? I, I think it's personally, is Oswald Chambers is just a place to go for a devotional experience from another culture, you know, this time passed. Mm. And so to to look at life through a little bit older lens. Mm. So it's, you know, good classic material. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So some of my kids 
Mm. read that and a couple of them said I've had enough of this now <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, my, my hubby and I have done uh, someone gave us as a gift Jesus Calling um, and so we've been we did that off and on you know for a couple of years and uh, my son who works uh, in a um, Christian bookstore um, bought us home recently. I didn't even realize there was, I think there's even another one that Sarah Young is her name, um, has written. And now there's a Jesus always. Um, and That's so, a whole series. so there's, oh, okay. there's a series. Yeah. So Jesus always it has all different sorts of topics in it. It's actually sort of focusing on the joy, um, in life and the joy found in having a relationship with Jesus Christ and, and, um, looking to him in everything that you do throughout your year. Um, now, it's it's interesting because, especially in regards to devotional materials, like one that I've always enjoyed is Francis J. Roberts' Come Away, My Beloved. And some devotional materials are written as prayers. Some are written as almost mini sermons or reflections on a particular passage of scripture. Some are written from the perspective of God calling out to his people, not in an attempt to be scripture or replace scripture, but in a literary style, um, point of view and, and perspective. And, um, there, I have heard, and I'm sure that many of our listeners have heard, uh, a lot of debate among Christians as to whether or not certain types of devotional materials are appropriate if they're, if they're written from God's perspective. And we have had interesting conversations with my teens on Mm -hmm. this topic because there is, there is a piece of understanding that question that is simply about understanding literary style Mm -hmm. and what writing point of view means and what perspective means and what an omniscient narrator is versus, uh, there's, there's a whole literature component to Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So even if you personally feel convicted that you do not want to read things written in that style, it's still an important conversation to have with teens mm-hmm. um, to understand from the literary analysis end of things what they're reading and what kind of impact does it have on you when you read something written in that style, mm-hmm. and what is your response? And and if you are if you take a look at one of those type devotionals <coughs> and you find that what the author is coming up with from that first person doesn't line up with what the scripture is run away fast. <laughs> right. But if you find one where you find then the, then that author actually brings that right out into the scripture and then you're reading the scripture that goes with it and it's saying exactly what that literary style um, mm-hmm. has said, then that seems like a good match, to, you know, if that works for your style. Which it works great for us. Goes to, to underscore the point is is there's no nope. substitute for scripture. Yeah, bingo. That, uh, you know, it should always be our comparison. And mm-hmm. so kids need to actually read scripture yes. mm-hmm. in order to be able to do that. Yeah. One of my kids for devotional one year uh, read a Christian poetry book that had a whole bunch of different... Mm. Um, author, so it's like a poem a day. Mm. That it was actually mine. It was sitting around, and mm-hmm. um, and then a couple of my kids really, really liked Dallas Willard. Oh mm. yes, mm-hmm. and uh, read Hearing God and Celebration mm. of the Discipline. So just according to the personality of the kid, mm. was what was great for them. Mm-hmm. I even found a devotional. My my young my kids really like sports, um, and I found a devotional for Christian athletes. 
Well, how cool is that? It was really cool. I was all excited about it. I gave it to them. I'm not so sure how many times they cracked it open, but it was pretty cool. It (laughs) It might be on my bookshelf now. I'm not sure. All right. So I think, again, we're coming back to there's not one right right way Mm -hmm. to determine what titles you're going to share with your teens. But we encourage you to think about why you're choosing the titles you're choosing and why you're choosing not to include some other titles. And perhaps even have a discussion with your kids about books that are not going on their book list for this year Mm -hmm. and why you chose to leave them off. Mm -hmm. Because all of those things are such important thinking skills Mm -hmm. for young people to develop. So before we wrap things up today, let's just uh, sort of review. We're talking about great because they're well-written sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great because the material is so profound, inspiring, challenging, even if it's not an amazing telling of the story, if it's not necessarily great literature. Mm -hmm. Um, Christian in terms of authenticity, things that point us to the person of Jesus Christ and his lordship, things that encourage us to go back to the scriptures, things that encourage us to pray and to worship. And writers, because we should be looking at these as written works as well as what story do they tell and helping our kids to read with their brains turned on as well as to be moved in their spirits and their emotions. We left off one really important writer that's great. Oh, go. That all of my kids read. And it's it's novels as great literature and C.S. Lewis, number one. Number one. And all of my kids Mm -hmm. read all of Narnia at high school level, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. Seven Sisters Homeschool.com has has study guides for. Yeah, Narnia uh, is not just for little kids. There's uh some stuff in there that little kids can't begin to touch on Mm -hmm. and teens can really dig into. His his space trilogy Mm. is heavy duty theology, critical thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, cultural examination. Tape letters, we also Oh, my goodness, yeah. Yeah. So all of those are at Seven Sisters. And Tolkien, Mm. although Mm -hmm. he wasn't writing theologically, the analogies throughout The Lord of the Rings and and even a little bit in The Hobbit Mm -hmm. um, are good critical thinking for the kids Mm. and, you know, like talk and go back to Scripture and look for those. Mm -hmm. Excellent. No doubt. So we encourage you to encourage your teens to bring literature and their faith into the same space. And you can be earning credit for your high school transcript at the same time that you are growing in your faith in Jesus because there are so many titles by great Christian writers that will really round out your teen's high school, homeschool education. So thank you for tuning in. We look forward to spending time with you on future podcasts. And we hope that we are an encouragement to you. There is not one right way to do this high school thing. There's not one right way to do this homeschool thing or even this following Jesus as Christians thing. And if we all reach out and encourage one another, uh, the whole journey is going to be a whole lot better. So we hope that you're encouraged by us and we hope that you look for people to encourage in your homeschool adventures. Join us next time on the Homeschool High School Podcast from 7SistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Mm -hmm.